Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila community podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. You know, I uh, want to thank you for being here today because we normally get this podcast out a little earlier, but I got to go to a pastor's conference for a couple days. Very refreshing, very enlightening. It was very good. So uh, we're back on track. Amen to that. You know, it's always nice when you get away. I got I got away. I know you went to a pastor's conference, and that must have been cool, but I I went to the land for two weeks. Let's get to the tour portion. I'm not trying to rub it in or anything. That's fine. But, just, yeah, 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 just, uh, yeah. yeah, the bomb of Gilead. Yeah, the, <laughs> now, thanks. Just, uh, let's do the tour portion. The land is good. I don't yeah. know if you know that. You can that. do a separate podcast. Okay, I will. You I like will. the one you did with Tommy Waller. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Do a podcast by yourself. Listen, okay? you listen. Yeah. You know, uh, covetousness is is not a good I'm thing. We've coming. covered this last. No, oh, I hear you. Yeah, just I disappointed. Okay, you know, okay. Like, whatever. All right, we'll deal with if it the later. Lord's to stay in the land. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are off to a good start this morning. Uh, we are studying the Torah portion Mishpatim, which means ordinances, and this can be found in the book of Exodus, chapter twenty-one and verse one, and ending in chapter twenty-four and verse eighteen. Excellente. Yeah, just a little intro here once again for the book of Exodus, just to remind everyone, this is a book of redemption. There are 40 chapters. And of course, uh, a key word found in the book of Exodus is the word deliver. Now, a key expression found in the book of Exodus is as the Lord commanded Moses. I love that. As the Lord commanded Moses. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And once again, uh, you can actually Look at this particular book and uh, break it up into two parts. There's many parts, but but if you want to bring out the main parts, two parts. Uh, chapters 1 through 18 is about deliverance. Chapters 19 to 40 is about worship and the teachings and instructions and the giving of the Torah. And so we are actually going to be in that part. Part 2, worship and Sinai instructions or teachings and instructions. Uh, once again, this book starts with a groan. But it ends in glory. Glory. Yeah, from groan to glory. So that is really, really cool. So with that said, we have, of course, it's Mishpatim. It means ordinances. Exodus chapter 21 and verse 1 through chapter 24 in verse 18. So once again, uh, here's a little subtitle for you as we start this particular portion out. Um, We have, of course, the treatment of servants. Treatment of servants. So, uh, you know, how long were the children of Israel allowed to buy a Hebrew servant and keep him before letting him go free for nothing? Six years. Six years. So uh, as we develop this treatment of servants, uh, think about this, and we'll talk about this even more. Think about the employer and the employee. You know? Right. Think about the employer and the employee. This is not slave as you would understand it, like uh, the Civil War or whatever. Uh, it's about servitude and different things. Uh, so anyway, if he was married before becoming a servant, he could leave with his wife. 
uh, which is interesting. If he was married before becoming a servant, he could leave his wife. He could leave with his wife. Uh, if the master had given the servant a wife and she bore him sons and daughters, they would have to stay if the servant left. Very interesting arrangement. What do you think about all that, Ryan? So I have a couple thoughts. My first thought on this is... Because I haven't gotten into this in depth or anything or studied it out fully, but it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when the laws here start to deal with things in the Torah... Um, first off, I think that we have to recognize that when you have an employer and employee relationship or a servant master relationship, that the priority for God is the dignity and value of everybody involved in this transaction, right? That there's, um, that the, the servant is supposed to do his best for the master and the master is supposed to have, you know, equitable wages and treatment of, uh, of the servant. Right. So like an employer and employee. Exactly right. Think of it like that. When we talk about things like um, the the married uh, person coming in already married and that they get to leave with their wife, but then if they were to have a, a wife, uh, you know, provided by the the master. In this case, this is interesting. I think people have a lot of questions about this. I I have two thoughts on it. My first thought is that this probably is meant to discourage servants from trying to look for and find a wife while in service because you get that six year period. And that's it, right? Right. And I don't know about you, but I know that when I was pursuing my wife, I was pretty much good for nothing to anybody else but her. And so when you think about how good is somebody going to be at doing their job, how focused are they going to be if they're busy uh, in pursuit of a bride, I would venture to say that that's probably the purpose of this law is to help prevent, um, prevent you know, the loss of, of, uh, of labor uh, to the master. Now, on another note, um, you know, people are going to want to work for people that treat people better than others, right? So if right. you have somebody that's notoriously not treating people well, uh, then guess what? More people are going to not want to work for them than work for them. Right. The same is true for people that, that you know, do well. It's just like today. when There's companies that treat people well. They give great benefits, yada, yada, yada. But uh, they... Uh, but there's other companies that don't, and so they get a bad reputation. The ones that treat people well get a good reputation. It's almost like a, these are like civil laws. Exactly right. And civil. so, and so, just like in civil laws, there's there's things where it's the agreement between you and I. So let's say that you and I, right. I've been working for you for five years. This is almost like having a union, right? And I'm pursuing an, uh, the tour is the union, a young lady contract. in your house, right? And I'm like, man, you know, but I don't want to wait. Maybe you could agree. You know what? You know what? You go ahead and work for me. You've been doing a good job. I'm not going to make her stay. You can you can take her with you when you go. You know I think that the the Torah is leaving it open for the the master the employer to oh, make absolutely. those types of decisions. So no, I think that's a good idea. I don't think this is a hard and fast rule. I think these these laws are meant for when a dispute happens and it goes before a judge. If there is no other agreement in place, just like probate when somebody dies, it do you want to have a will or do you want to let the state decide? what happens, right? I think this is the same idea here. And I, th and I think what God is setting up is he's setting up, you know, a civilization, uh, which is very interesting. You know, if you, if you look at this, uh, very interesting. And God doesn't change. So th these are interesting uh, uh, concepts and, and, and commandments uh, in regards to civil law. Uh, in Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6, it says, And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. 
So very interesting. The door is an opening. Uh, it's a place of residence. And to actually uh, take an all uh, through his ear, and, uh, and he shall serve him forever. And what's supposed to be written on the doorpost and upon your gates? The Word of God. That's right. Very interesting. So uh, this is this is interesting, you know. And, and like I said, uh, whether it's a church or a business or whatever, continuity is so good. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's been said to me, uh, somebody had said, and I, I find it interesting, that if someone has been with you for eight years, like in your church, chances are they're staying. <laughs> now, I kind of laugh just like you. I know. I but I'm think... saying that that's an interesting concept. And so when I look at all these people, that have been with me for eight years or more, they do. They do stick around. I would venture to Even say 10 or 12 years. by the time they're with you for eight years, they have stayed. I would put a past tense on that. But but wow, how, yeah. how awesome is that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I go to UFIT, which is a gym. It's like $10 a month, real clean, real nice. Not a big gym or whatever. It has everything I need to work out. And I'm telling you, I've been there for a number of years. I took a couple of years off, but <laughs> that's kind of bad to say, I know. But I just recently went back in August and it's the same, a lot of the same staff. Oh, yeah. Same manager. There you go. Same person at the counter. That's good. And I'm like, they must be doing something right. Right. You know what I mean? Because there's no openings there. Uh, so a master could not sell his maidservant to whom he was betrothed to a strange nation. Very interesting, mm. you know. A master could not sell his maidservant uh, to whom he was betrothed to a strange na- nation. If a master wanted to betroth the maidservant to his son... She was to be treated like a daughter. Interesting, yeah. You know, once again, the maidservant, the servant. Uh, if a master wants to take another wife, he must provide her with food, raiment, which is clothing, and conjugal rights. Check so, that out. So this is if you want to kick on a second ri- wife, then the first wife doesn't get her, her benefits diminished. I don't know. That, it's just, see, once again. Interesting. This is not going to be a discussion for So you don't want to point. take a left turn here? We're not going to even go there. <laughs> if a master wants to take another wife, he must provide her with food, raiment, clothing, and conjugal rights. You know... Uh, Have I ever told you what the punishment for having multiple wives is? What is it? Having multiple wives. That's the punishment. <laughs> it's intrinsic. You know, it, it, it's interesting <laughs> as, as we point out this, this, this fascinating thing for God to, to, of course, produce children in the earth that are righteous... And, and have his children, you know, uh, just like uh, the two, um, I want to say the handmaidens, um, Bilhah and Zilpah, they, uh, they were elevated to, to wifehood. To wife status. Matter of yeah. fact, even uh, in Sarah's situation with, uh, with Haggai, you know, take my handmaiden and elevate her to wife. Let her be a wife to you. Now, she, her status is elevated. So in this particular instance, you know, to be a wife, you're going to have food, clothing, and conjugal rights. Yep. You know, you're going to have a say. So very interesting. Uh, and once again, think about this as employer and employee. Uh, and so the question is, as far as the discussion goes, why were these judgments given between a master and his servant? Because it's like an employer and employee that you have rights. I, I put uh, to you preserve you know, dignity and value of each person. You know, even in the New Testament, Paul was telling in one of his letters that the servant, you know, uh, needs to return back to his master. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, there's some things going on there. You know, there's an yeah. agreement or something. Well, it, not we, like that we would think of slavery in the Civil War. Later on, we get into because there's other places within the you Torah. You really break this stuff down. It's very interesting. Yeah. Just, just the not just the concept, but the principle. Right. Exactly. Let's right. Let's look at the principle. Exactly right. What is the principle? You know, that's what I. It's not about 613 do's and don'ts because over 200 commandments are in regard to the temple. But I think it's it's you know 
look at the purposes, you know, look at the concept, and, and what, is, what is the principle? What, what are the principles we're looking at here? Uh, it, it simply is that nobody can rule over somebody else and get away with anything. Well, and let's, let's... There are things set up. Let's think about this, though, because I think that there's really going to be two reasons why somebody would become a servant, and I think that's an important dis- Maybe thing the, to... Maybe the master paid their debt off. Correct. So there's two things, either debt or poverty. Poverty, right? So very good. You only become a debt servant or poverty because of debt or poverty. And boy, you know that was the case back then, right? So in it's a solution for debt because your your labor pays off your debt, right? It's a solution for poverty because you end up in a better position after being a servant or Isn't as being a servant truth? than in poverty. And so this is again not because you don't own a servant. Right in these cases, and I think that's right. going to be the difference that people need to understand. That this the Bible does not condone slavery in the right. connotation that we have for American slavery. So as we continue on in Exodus chapter twenty-one in these civil laws, uh, this particular uh, title is "Laws Against Violence." Uh, we're looking at, of course, uh, we're still in Gen- uh, Exodus twenty-one, Exodus twenty-one in verse twelve through twenty-one. So, what is the penalty for murdering another person? Death. So once again, is capital punishment in the Bible? Absolutely. Now, some people are against capital punishment. You know, what's interesting, Ryan, is you break down the Torah. Very interesting. There is no prison system. Mm-hmm. There's restitution. Not in the Torah. You're excommunicated. There are definitely if, prisons in the Bible, just not... Right, but that's not a not concept that, God has, that God has not really looked at, you know? Right. But once again, even in the New Testament, what did Jesus say? You know, when I was in prison... You didn't come and visit me, so uh, that's something that man has created is the prison system, but yeah. it's not it's not actually part of the Torah, and that's that's very interesting. Sure is. You know, we got this hung jury and these cases and this and that, and so, you know, the thing is, uh, once again, there there are no uh, there there are no prisons uh, mentioned as far as being part of the Torah. Now, the penalty for striking your parents or cursing your mother or father was death. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I have my children read this two or three times. Every day? No, just like it's 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 gonna be the Torah portion coming up here Friday God, night. Okay, so gotcha. we read the Torah portions on Friday night. Right, right. So that particular verse is fifteen and seventeen. You're we, like, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> Could you repeat and that? I have seven children, each will read it twice. <laughs> um, if you steal a man and sell him, the punishment is death, you know. Uh, if you steal a man and sell him, the punishment is death. What is that? Human trafficking? Well it the it's proof that this is not slavery. Is what this is. What's the commandment to honor your mother and father? Going back to that real quick here. It's the fourth. That it's it will maybe be well with you. And you live long in the land. And live long in the and land. And you know what? If you think about it, and you will live long. It's the only commandment with a blessing. Amen. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, the parents will say, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. So once again, there it is. Now the, uh, is it the fourth commandment? No, I think it's the fifth commandment. You want to check it out for uh, me? It is definitely the fifth commandment because the fourth it's commandment the is the fourth. Shabbat. The I fourth, apologize. Yeah, we see. Yeah, there's no editing. That's this, right. There's a live this correction. Podcast, so I know some of you are just squirming right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah, yeah. dare Twi- they? Twitching. So once again, it is the fifth commandment of honor your mother and father is the only commandment with a blessing that your life may be long upon the land. So the first four commandments are to God, right? And then man gets six: how we treat one another, and everything. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So the other six are in regards to one another. Wow, I'm glad I caught that. Of course, that was a note, the fifth commandment. Thank God for those little notes, you know. And I went along with you. You see how easy that is? Oh, man, I dragged you, you right know? into that, that bad doctrine yeah, right there. Just fake commandments. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
or mixed up anyway. Well, it's like what uh, the 11th commandment is, right? Do you know? I don't, I don't know. I mean, people make it up all the time. Like, oh, the 11th commandment is, and then they prescribe well, I, whatever my, they think my, is my important. Favorite, my favorite chapter is Proverbs 32. Or Hesitations 25. Proverbs 32. Yeah. <laughs> We're messing up everybody right now. <laughs> Those heretics. Okay, here we go. Let's move on to Exodus chapter 21, verses 23 through 25. Ryan, why don't you go ahead and read that? We're going to be getting into some restitution here. Absolutely. So uh, it says here, And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So once again, uh, and I'm going to have Ryan go to Matthew 538. So Matthew 5.38 is oh, literally man. like a cross-reference. You're going you're gonna to rub some people. I, I've had a lot of conversations about this one this week, actually. It's oh, well, good, good for you. This is an interesting... So Let's uh, give them something to, to talk, talk about. about. Yeah. All right. So Matthew 5.38. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and read it. I'm actually going to read uh, 38 through, I want to say... 41. Yeah, go ahead. Or 42. Yeah. Where are you? 38 to 42. Yeah. So it says here, Ye have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain give to him that asketh thee and from him that would borrow of thee turn not thou away man so real quickly go ahead let me just let me just say this yep yep we're literally talking about restitution okay so what is restitution here it is the restoration of something lost or stolen to its proper owner and we're going to talk about that later right so that's restitution also restitution is recompense for injury or loss, recompense for injury or loss. So go ahead and share your thoughts, Ryan. Man, you know, it's a struggle, right? Because this is one of those places where I think people would would say that uh, the, the New Testament and the Old Testament uh, collide, right? That yeah. they're at odds with each other. What does other. Jesus do? He defines the Torah. He sure does. He interprets the Torah. He does. And so, but here's what I want. He is the Torah. Here's what I want to say. I want to say that the Torah is given so that there is a fair, equitable system of justice for mankind. It is fair, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that the punishment match the crime, right? As a principle, that is a fair concept. Um, and I also think that people can get, you know, very into that, right? That, oh, you, you know, plucked out my eye, which how many times does that happen? I'm not really sure, but, um, <laughs> or knock out a tooth, right? Um, King Zedekiah. I granted there are examples. That was a foreign nation that did I'm, that to him. I'm just saying that. Put out his eyes. <laughs> I know. Just... Samson, you know, he killed all of them. So, I mean, that worked out pretty well for him. That's right. They, oh. yeah. So I- anyways. Um, so I think that this is one of those places where, where they collide. And I was reading it again, and I just, I just found in my heart that they really agree with each other. And here's what I want to say. The, there has to be uh, consequences for people's actions, or else there will be those that take advantage of everyone else, right? And it happens. And the Torah, when we read it, it's for us, Right? It's not for us to point our finger and tell everyone else what they have to do and what they need to do. But it is for us to internalize and follow and keep and guard. 
and live it out. And through that being a light unto everyone else. And so with that in mind, we want to be careful that we make restitution for anything that we've ever done to anyone else, right? We always want to make sure that, hey, if, if, I, if I broke something of yours, I'm going to replace it plus 20%. If I accidentally did something, I'm not going to poke out my own eye, but I'm going to in some way make you whole, right? So there's a justice piece there that the, the punishment or at least the restitution matches what was lost, right? And in some cases, there's things that get lost, stolen, broken, damaged, whatever that are irreplaceable, but there has to be some way where you decide on an equitable replacement, right? I'm not sure where it's at, but what comes to my mind real quickly here is do unto others as you would like for them to do unto you. Amen. Amen. But I think in the it's New the Testament, so would you say that that if someone knew that the New Testament, or if they knew the, the, the purpose or the principle of restitution, that they would make it right? So what Jesus is saying is if they don't make it right, just let it go. Amen. So that's let my it, point. Let it go. That wow. is that is my point. So here, yeah, that's that's tough. Now, now, Whew. listen. I want I want to just give a personal. No wonder they want to throw him off a cliff. I want to give a personal testimony <sighs> about this, okay? Because this tour portion comes around every year, doesn't it? Doesn't it? every year? Last I checked. Yeah. So yeah, they don't change. <laughs> Miss Patine is it's funny coming. when I ask questions that are like real softballs, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. wait, there's a trick here. There's not, a trick. I'm not following There that. is no trick. There's there's no, there is no trick. No trick here. But this tour portion comes up every year, and this time last year during this tour portion, I was sitting in mediation for a court case. Man, will this verse set mess you up? You're sitting there and you're like, yeah. I'm gonna get him. I'm on air, I'm gonna do this. I got all these thoughts, right? Your flesh yeah, is just like, I I've got all I, this. I know. It's get your not dukes fair. up. This isn't fair. You know, and you're gonna you're yeah, gonna jab, jab, cross, hook, right. uppercut. Oh right. Right? You got all the thoughts. And then you're sitting in the car before you go into mediation and you're reading the tour portion, because you know that's what all normal people do, right? They just read right. the tour portions. And then they check the cross references, because you know, why not? Um, and you come across Matthew five thirty eight through 42, and you're like, dag nabbit, you mean I have to go in there and show grace and mercy? Because See, I feel cheated, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pay you? Why do I have to show grace and mercy? Because I am a follower of the one who has shown more mercy than anybody right. has ever shown mercy. I wow. am a follower of Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you, and, and, and you know, with your past experience, right? You you tried to make it right. Before, oh, absolutely. Before listen, going listen. to court. Oh yeah, no. Because I listen, didn't no, sue anybody. Out. Just but 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 here's the thing, though. It's interesting. It had to go to court. Right. And that's where it gets to be tough. It like does. I didn't want it to have to go to court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys didn't see eye to eye, and now they had to put it into the court system. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you feel like, see, now we've turned it over to what? A secular judicial system. Well, let's just be clear that the people I was dealing with were secular to begin with. So yeah. that's. So th I'm just telling you, wow. Yeah. Now, see, the Torah would have been so much better for you if the oh, other absolutely. party believed like you believed. Oh, absolutely. You could have come to an agreement before going to court. No doubt. And, but you couldn't. And the Torah, wow, right, without the lens of Yeshua. That's, that's incredible. Would have been fantastic for me. Wow. Oh, man. What a great story, Ryan. Yeah. But just know Sorry this. Sorry to relive that. Just, just know this, that... They're not at odds with each other. What Yeshua is showing is that there's a higher principle for us who follow him, who keep the ways of God, right? People should be following the Torah and doing these things on their own because they're compelled by the Holy Spirit, by God's commands to do it. But when they don't, 
we don't necessarily have to go and do this. We can show grace and mercy. Why? Because God showed grace and mercy to us. That's Amen? good. That's good. Right. You know, it goes on to say that a servant is allowed to leave his master if he loses an eye or a tooth because of an altercation. Exodus chapter 21, verses 26 and 27. You know, I have two, uh, two wonderful women in the office that run the uh, office of the administration part of it. And uh, I just kind of shared that with them, that they, they can't leave their position. Unless they lose a tooth or an eye. And they said, well, we're not going anywhere. So it's kind of nice, you know. And yeah. I got a pretty good temperament. But anyway, they, they laughed and chuckled about that. So as long as you, said, you yeah, can beat them, you just can't leave a mark. Uh, here we go. Now let's get into repayment. Wow, this is in Exodus chapter 22, verses 1 through 12. Repayment. Uh, what is a man to repay if he steals an ox or a sheep, Ryan? Ooh, five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Now, oxen is right up there with bulls and everything as far as that's a rich, rich sacrifice. You know, if you can bring an ox, mm-hmm. you know, you think about a bull. Uh, but yeah, but but the sheep would be the middle class. So four sheep for a sheep and five oxen for an ox. Uh, if you if you want to check out, we, we won't get into all of it, but just a little reference for some of you. Uh, is in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. Uh, Nathan the prophet shares a story to King David about a sheep being taken from a poor man, and David knew that four sheep would have to be given in return. So not only does That's the story validate the Torah, but it also validates Matthew 5.38. Right. Right? Because the, 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 restitution. the principles that we're talking about right. here, he makes a fool out of himself by being angered by the story, right? Yeah. And you are the man. And Nathan's like, yeah. you're the guy. So who, who, who was the sheep? Bathsheba. That's right. He took Bathsheba away from Uriah the Heatite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, King David united all these foreign nations, all these people, like Uriah the Heatide and different things, and uh, it was very interesting, you know, that he was the only king that could unite all of the tribes, because uh, yeah. he's a prophet, priest, and king, just like Yeshua. Uh, and so, once again, uh, what is the word used to describe paying people back for their property? Restitution. Restitution. Check it out. Exodus chapter 22, verses Five, six, and twelve. So restitution. You know, one little you side know, note about trying to make a wrong right. One little side note about David. Um, you know that I've been thinking about is a, a lot of people don't think of Yeshua as the son of David, right? A lot of people come to him and talk about the son of David, son of David, and why do they want the son of David? Because they wanted to be united. They wanted to unite the That's kingdom, right. right? That's good. But you know what else he is? He's the root as well, the right? root of Jesse, because it says the root and offspring. So isn't that funny how he's the root? How does somebody be the root and the offspring? Well, if you're Yeshua, it all works out. Because <laughs> how can you be the root and the offspring? That is good. That's good. You know, as we move on into more civil laws and treating one another, this is very interesting. Uh, let's go ahead and look at, uh, let's look at Exodus chapter 22 and verse 16, Ryan. Ooh, 22, 16. I got it right here. You want me to read it? Absolutely. All right. And if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. So I want you to think about this. All of you that are listening, this is Torah. That's right. This is Torah. So if you had a boyfriend or girlfriend, you slept together, that's supposed to be your spouse. And that's the provision. Well, now you've committed because you've consummated this act. You've done something that only married couples should do right. or betrothed couples should do and I, and I found it very interesting so how many of us actually married our first love Ryan don't look at me like that I'm just saying 
I feel bad too. I'm just saying, I wish my father would have taught me this. I mean, think about it, people. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, for those of you that are listening, mm -hmm. you know, you think about the woman at the well married five mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I talk to people all the time that have been married one, two, three times or whatever. And, and I don't, I don't judge that. But what I'm saying is that once we know better, once, once we, you know, I have to teach this to my kids. Yeah. Well, don't do as I did. Because, you know, my, my wife was a virgin. Yeah. You know, and I'm not ashamed. This is a testimony. Right. She's like a picture of the Old Testament. She did it right. Yeah. New Testament is mercy and grace for all of us that didn't do it right. Amen. And let's not hide behind things. Let's not come off like we're self-righteous or something. Mm. You know, I'm just saying I was in the world from the time I was 15 to 25. But the thing is, like I said, like Paul even mentions, I was ignorant. I didn't know any better. But when I look at this and now as we even read this verse this Friday night to my sons, I'm going to say, you better know. That you better keep that. Well, you have two choices. You can either throw I yourself. Know, this is a touchy subject. You can throw boy. yourself on the mercy oh, of God. Gosh. You can throw yourself on the mercy of God, or you oh, can read verse gosh. seventeen, and you can go make restitution. If her father utterly refused to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. There's a way out. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, you just had to do that, didn't you? I didn't even want to get into that, you know, because, wow, this is all a discussion. Every verse is like a discussion, you know, but let's get into the discussion. No, no, I'm good. No, I'm, I'm changing. I'm not no, going to change the good. subject. That's good. I'm good. But I got a good discussion. Well, here, here we go, Ryan. Why is betrothal better than dating in regard to starting a marriage? Okay, that What's your thought on that? I am all for it. Now, so, I, I, I mean, for me personally, real quick here, my wife and I did a courtship, but we found out later about betrothal. But we did. We, we saved ourselves before the marriage. But the thing was, I'm just saying that we called it courtship, not dating. It's, it's yeah. with the intention to marry. But then we, of course, discovered the betrothal process, which we practice at Beit Tehillah for young couples. But Ryan, what's your thought on that? Well, allow me first to describe what the reality of our current system is. Okay. Um, my wife and I, thank God, we waited till marriage. All right. And by we, I mean she and I together. Um, the, the point, uh, here is that dating is not a good system. What we do is we take our 18 to 25 year old children who their relationship IQ. So let's call it their RQ is at an all time low in their life. In their lifetime, they are the dumbest they will ever be when it comes to choosing a mate and making good relationship decisions at that time in their life, okay? Well, I think they're better than that. Nope, I mean. I'm saying out of your whole life. So let's say from birth all the way up to death, okay? Right. Those years are your least intelligent years for making decisions. If we're using the Forrest Gump litmus test, as in stupid is as stupid does, okay? I understand there's people that have smart brains, but we're talking about actions here. And so then what we do as parents is we say, hey, Go on out there and find yourself a mate. Spend as much alone time as you can with them to get to know them, but just don't do that one thing, okay? And then we somehow does wonder why like that? it does. And then we somehow wonder why it doesn't work out. Why isn't it working out for us? Well, let's let's. It's like Russian roulette. I'm gonna let you guys make all the assumptions show. you want because you're probably correct as to why it doesn't work out. Let me tell you about betrothal and why it's good. First off, let's just say one thing: betrothal is not. Arranged marriage. Okay. I want to get that out there. Betrothal has a higher level of commitment from the beginning. That's right. With there, the intention to marry. There's only one purpose to With be betrothed. To marry, yeah. is, is that is if you are seeking a mate. You're not playing around. To marry. Exactly right. Number two, there is a safety net because the families are involved. 
Hopefully, both parties have a mother and father that are involved so that there's a good, balanced view as to who the mate should be, whether the families match, all that kind of stuff. In many cases today, that is not possible so that people need to lean on elders within the church to help them through this process. That's right. It is a sad state of affairs. Both set of parents, the couple, right. and, the, and the church. And then because of, of this being God's way and having the safety net of parents and a higher level of commitment— all of that wrapped into one adds a added level of wisdom to the process. And if you're going to choose the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life and make a commitment to do that, I think wisdom needs to be involved. And no, that, that's good. There you go. And, I mean, I if you think about this, you know, there's a flow to this. There's something about, there's something about this, you know, uh, and, and I would say that, and I just, this thought just came to my mind. And just once again, I want to go to, uh, Exodus chapter 22, verse 18, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So all of a sudden now you're going into uh, the occult, okay? Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So how does God feel about the occult? Uh, not Death. Good. Yeah. That's the capital punishment. Yeah. That's the judgment. Now, I love it when what, we throw left turns in here. But too. here's it's the good. thing, though. Here's something to think about. Is it possible that when you go into sexual immorality and multiple partners that you're actually dabbling in the occult? Because now you're, you're like having foreign. You're stepping mates. on all the toes today. Well, I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying. Because here's the thing. Remember the golden calf incident. I do. They made the golden calf. Then they committed sexual immorality. Right. At Baal Peor, it was the other way around. Right. They committed sexual immorality and began to worship other. And gods. even when you read the book of Judges, it's exactly what happened. I know. So, so I'm just getting you to think. How bad is sexual immorality? It's really bad. It's I mean, bad. it's just bad news all the way around. Uh, it even goes on to say, Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death. Uh, Exodus twenty-two nineteen. Once again, bestiality. So you can see the progression of a depraved mind. Yeah. Multiple partners, witchcraft, laying with an animal. Yeah. Well, so the, I'm just saying, yeah, we say, crazy. oh, how, how could he put that in there? Because it happens. It happens. That's so Old but, Testament. But he's saying that you that don't know this what can love happen, is, you know? Pastor Nick. You but, don't know what. But we're going to move is. on, Ryan, because basically what it comes out to is 15 minutes per page oh, okay. of our outline, all right? right? All right. So we've exceeded page two, and we're still on it. We definitely okay. Have. I, I'm just trying to keep time. <laughs> uh, here we go in Exodus chapter 22, verse 21. Why don't you read that, Ryan? Uh, chapter 22, verse 21 uh, is, Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. So two things you are not to do to a stranger, vex them or oppress them. You know, it's like opening up the door for them or you go to the mall and I know I, w I went to the gym and somebody was coming up behind me and I opened up the door for them. Uh, you know, uh, because we were what strangers in a strange land. Matter of fact, uh, the, what was the first name? Gershom of uh, Moses' son, That's a stranger. Right. Gershom, yep. You know, and what's interesting is when Moses was a stranger, Raul Jethro took him in. Yeah, showed him kindness. It's true. But what did Moses do? He shown kindness to strangers. Mm. Oh, that'll preach. Yeah, it sure will. So kindness doesn't hurt. You know, it doesn't hurt at all. No, and how kind are we to strangers? We need to. We need to, we need so to step up our game. So just think about that. That's very interesting. Uh, the next question is, what is going to happen to anyone who afflicts a widow or a fatherless child? It says the Lord will kill him with the sword. The Lord will kill them with a the sword. Now, what comes to mind is this Purim story, the story of Esther. Mm -hmm. She 
was an orphan, fatherless. Mordecai had to take her in, I believe her uncle, from the tribe of Benjamin or Benjamin. So once again, Haman didn't know that she was an orphan. So he went to mistreat her. And did he not die? That's a good word, ain't it? It is a good Find word. out who your orphans are in your church. The oh, fatherless and all ten and of his widows. sons, by the way. His or, whole generation yeah. was wiped so, out. So think about that. Um, do not afflict a widow or a fatherless child. When you lend money to his people, you cannot charge them interest. You know, it, it's amazing, you know, uh, these, these, these applications for these credit cards. You know, I was looking at one of them, and uh, I kid you not, it's, it said the interest rate could go up to 24%. And I'm, I'm like rubbing my eyes like, do I need to go to LensCrafters? What, what 54 24%. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the usury limit in the U.S. is actually 29.99% or 30%. Now, see, that's, 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 not God's, that's not a principle of God. No, for sure not. It says, don't charge interest. It says to his people. Right. Uh, and so it goes on to say, we are commanded to give God our first fruits and our firstborn sons. And then, of course, uh, it goes on to say in Exodus 22, 31, and you shall be holy men unto me, neither shall ye eat any flesh that is torn of beasts in the field. You shall cast it to the dogs. Wow. Interesting. Can't, you can't eat roadkill. Uh, you can't take roadkill. But think about it. You shall be holy men unto me, neither shall you eat any flesh that is torn of beasts in the field. You shall cast it to the dogs. So you don't know if it didn't properly die or was it properly, you know... Um, Slaughtered. Slaughtered. It wasn't kosher. So anyway, um, God wants holy men for himself, gentlemen. So think about it. He wouldn't ask you to do something you couldn't do. Uh, let's, let's move on to, of course, Exodus chapter 23. Uh, and, and of course, once again, we are still discussing, believe it or not, uh, laws of human relations. Um, I love this. Uh, it says here uh, in Exodus 23, 1. Go ahead and read that, Ryan. It says, Thou shalt not raise a false report, put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. So here it is. We are not to raise a false report or be an unrighteous witness. Okay? We are not to raise a false report or be an unrighteous witness. It's just like President Trump in this whole impeachment and everything. You know, uh, they just assumed in what he said. Well, they didn't even hear him say it. You know, it's funny. It just, I'm just saying just that, that know, one example. Like, like they're saying, well, these were his motives. Right. How do you know? But that's a false report. It is absolutely that's, false. That's horrible to yeah. say to somebody. You did this because of that or this, and that's a false report because you are making assumptions. Right. You are assuming something. You know, it's funny. The um, only witness they had was the one that he yelled, no quid pro quo. So it's all about a quid pro quo, right? The only witness that had him saying anything he was saying the opposite of what I know. everyone and, else And thought. like I said, you know, remember, the, 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 the accuser of the brethren, he accuses us night and day. Yeah. We got to be careful. We don't fall into that. Well, they're just jealous, or they're this, or they're that. You know, that's just, that's, a, that's an assumption. You know, and we got to be careful with that. Uh, we are not to raise a false report or be an unrighteous witness, you know. Uh, did you really see it? You know, and that's why everything's established with two or more witnesses. Well, and it's super important to remember that the justice sip, sis, the justice system, the justice system in the Torah, is based on two or three witnesses. And so, to be a false witness is to throw justice on its head. And the Torah is all about justice, and 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 among other things, right? right. But it's it's a. a principle of God, justice is. Oh, justice is a big deal right now. And when you pervert justice, God yeah. is not and that, happy. That's, that's something that a lot of people are moving into right now is, is justice. 
And so once again, uh, I love this. Uh, in Exodus 23, 4, it says, If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. Wow. So once again, here's Torah. So let's say people leave their Bibles. I look for the name. I try to give their Bible back. Oh, no, that's been done away with. We practice finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Yeah, right. Yeah, we keep it. What do I have to give? Oh, that's been done away with. Once again, everybody, look for the principle. Yeah. I would love for somebody to give me back, you know. The remote? Uh, my my possessions. Yeah. You know, that's something that was lost. Is the remote? Did you ever find the remote again? The remote yes. again? Yes. Oh, okay. We were good. We're okay. Good. I don't even use it. Because I have my own TV in my own room. And I hide the remote. So what great principles do you have here? It goes on to say, uh, the land is to have rest and be still in the seventh year. It goes on to say in Exodus 23, 12, six days you can work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. So there's a, there's a, there's a reason for all of these verses and how they come together. And I've not really broken it down or, or looked at it in, in a, like in bullet points or an outline form, but there's something that flows about this, mm-hmm. that if you keep these commandments, it keeps you away from all this other stuff. Keeps you so busy. Like if you do something bad, you could do something more worse, or you could do something even greater as far as evil. It kind of accelerates evil, just like with righteousness. Once you do this, then you can do this, this, and this, and follow his principles. Here's a good question. What three national feast days are to be kept throughout the year, Ryan? It's going to be the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Harvest, and the Feast of Ingathering, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Very good. Now, once again, there are eight total feasts, counting the Shabbat, but with this particular example, the national feast days actually uh, tell us and share with us God's redemptive plan. And I want to just... Get, go over this real quickly here, uh, just so you all agree and that you understand and that you get this, you know. So the first national feast day is Passover. So would you all agree that God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt? They applied the blood of the lamb to the doorpost and the death angel passed over and God brought them out. Would you all agree? Yes. Amen. Would you agree that Yeshua is the lamb of God who took away the sin of the world? Yes. Survey says yes. And so is that happening today? People are giving their lives to the Lord and acknowledge him to be the Lamb of God. Yes. He's your sacrifice. Amen. He's your propitiation. So would you say that that has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled? Yes. Because everyone has to make a personal decision for Christ. So that's one-third of God's plan, Ryan. Amen. Now let's move on to Pentecost, which is the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot. So would you agree that in Exodus 19, on Shavuot, God married the children of Israel. He entered into a marriage covenant with the Mosaic Covenant with the people of Israel? Yes. He did. In hindsight, yes, he did. Would you agree that in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit fell on the Feast of Pentecost or Shavuot? Yes. Yes. Would you say that that particular feast day has happened and is happening? I would. You know, nobody knows where the wind blows, just like the Holy Spirit, you know, in in the Gospel of John. So here comes the Holy Spirit, everyone. Think about it. Right now, the Holy Spirit is coming down on the earth and filling people up. But how many of those other spirits? We got to get all these other spirits out. Because what's the Holy Spirit going to do? He is going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Remember that. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's the one we quench. And that's the one that we need to uh, accept and and be filled with. So once again, so that's two-thirds of God's plan, Ryan. Has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled. So here we go. We're 2,000 years later after the death, burial, and resurrection and the ascension of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeshua, 
The last one is the Feast of Ingathering, Ryan. How many people, remember what Yeshua said before the Olivet Discourse in Matthew mm-hmm. 23? Oh, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you, but you would not. Mm-hmm. You know, how long to gather you under my wings? As a hen you know? doth her chicks. And sure. uh, matter of fact, I will hide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's actually the two cherubs that are on top of the ark that David even Ooh. said uh, about those wings. And uh, it's interesting, too, that uh, when you think about, and the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters, it's this. That's like right, bird, folks. This is the like Christians bird. with Torah complete audio experience. That's right. Think about it. So, so why, why are you saying this, Pastor Nick? Because here's the thing. God wants to gather you somehow, some way in your community, in your home, whatever God is doing. Don't be afraid to join others. Because that is what he's doing. He's gathering us one person at a time, one group at a time. And so that's what's happening at Beit Tehillah with individuals and then families. And now we're joining up with some other people and different things that are happening in the land of Israel. So this is happening. So Ryan, we are there, the Feast of Ingathering. Amen. So you know what? You don't want your house to be desolate. You want to be gathered. So there you are, everyone. We are approaching the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. Matter of fact, come on, somebody. When they came out of Egypt, they went from Ramses to Sukkot. Yeah. That's the ultimate destination, and we are going to move on. We are going to move on. Moving That's on. so exciting, Ryan. Oh, man. That'll preach. I get all jacked up. And I know we all want to stay home and pull the covers over our head, but you got to get out of bed. Uh, yeah. Eventually, you got to get out of bed and, and go to church. That's what my <laughs> wife said. She says, you've got to. You're the pastor. Yeah. You for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Me for sure. Um, let's check out Exodus chapter 23, uh, verses 20 through 23. I think this is really, really cool. Discuss this for a little. This is so important because this is what God is doing for us, Ryan. He's going before us. So check it out. It says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You know, it's interesting. This is like a theophany. This is a picture of Yeshua. Amen. And, you know, angel actually means messenger. So when you think about it, when you see angels even in the Bible, even in the New Testament, it's not this like winged creature per se. It's a messenger. So, so who is this angel? It's, it's Yeshua. It's a theophany. It's a pre-incarnate appearance of Yeshua, the Son of God. Especially since he says, my name is in him. So wow. that, that That's so powerful. Speaks to that. And you know, the biggest battle, and I want to share this with everyone that's listening, the biggest battle you're going to have that you've overcome, I believe everybody listening to this, hopefully, is you have accepted the Son of God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's what the voice said from heaven. And so when you recognize the son, you can come to the father. The father recognizes you. It's so important that people say, well, I don't need Jesus. And he's just a good man. No, 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 no. You need him. Don't leave home without it. Oh, absolutely. Let's check out Exodus 23, 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Wow. Thank you, father. By his stripes, we are healed. There's a healer in the house. His name is Yeshua. Right now, Father, we pray for anybody that's listening to this podcast Amen. that you will heal them from any, any spirit of infirmity. We command it to go, and we thank you for this healing 
In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't accept sickness and disease. Listen to this. The Lord was going to send hornets before his people to drive out the Heavite, Canaanite, and the Hittite. The hornets. Wow. I mean, well, I, you ever get stung I, by a hornet? I've Man, been stung hurts. by uh, a, a swarm of yellow jackets before on my nose and my back of my head and all over. Let me just say that it's uh, no fun. All right, let's check out. I want you to read this. Exodus chapter 23, verse 32. Chapter 23, verse 32, 32 says, Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. So think about all these peace accords and the Oslo agreement, all these yeah. things. They, they go against God. Oh, man. They're not supposed to make covenants with the nations. Correct. You can have associations and some kind of an agreement in that sense, but not when it comes to the land and the well-being of the Jewish people or Israel. Think about it, everybody. This is unbelievable. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. And this is specifically talking about the squatters in the land. And it specifically references the Philistines, the Philistines, right? Right here which is the modern day, I'll let you guess. <laughs> wow. You know, as we move forward from, we, we were in Exodus 19 and the, and the Mosaic Covenant came about, the agreement, the actual ceremony and what took place, the first time the, the shofar is ever mentioned is, is, is found in there. But we move on into the agreement is signed. So the agreement is signed. So uh, the two different offerings that the young men of Israel presented before the Lord were burnt offerings and peace offerings. That's kind of cool. Now, bird offerings are totally consumed, but the peace offerings, those that give the peace offerings, were able to eat a portion of that. Oh, yeah. It's almost like our own egg or our dinners. It's almost like the celebration, you know, the, the meal. And, of course, right. what did Moses sprinkle on the people, Ryan, in Exodus 24.8? The blood. The blood. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Think about that. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make, to make an atonement. atonement. Amen. So once again, you know, uh, Jesus shed his blood. Yes, he did. Uh, and so uh, here's a good question. Who saw the God of Israel and ate and drank in his presence? This is cool. I wish I was one of these guys. Moses. Once again, a theophany. Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 elders. What does it say? No one has seen the face of God and lived. Now remember, when, <laughs> when, when Moses wanted to see God, he only showed his backside. That's right. And that's all he got to see, which is pretty cool. So people say, well, how could God be there if they have never seen his face? And how can Jesus it, be God? All that's But it's a theophany. Right? Yeah, we're talking He can appear any way that he wants. Right. It says right there, take it literally, that, that Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 elders. Wow. And how many nations are there? Seventy. That's right. See, God's in the nations. Think about it. That's very interesting. Uh, as we move on here in Exodus 24, 12, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stones and a law and commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. Wow. You know what? You know, Moses, Moses had medicine. There's medicine in the Bible. Moses took two tablets. He sure did. Did you like that? I, it's okay. Why not? You He's know, right. I love that. He's all right. So uh, it, was, it was funny when Mr. Ted said it like a couple years ago. And you know, remember that expression? Hey, is that written in stone? Yeah, matter of fact, it, with your it John, is. with your John Wayne accent. Oh, that's right, with the finger of God. So uh, you know, I, I love John Wayne. Remember him in the Jesus movie? He was the centurion at the cross. Yeah. Truly, this was the Son of God. Yep, that's way before your time. It Go ahead is and laugh, way it's okay. my You time. can chuckle. Everybody hears you laughing in the microphone. <laughs> your little chuckles. Yeah, that's what we need, you know. <laughs> so uh, 
think about it. That's incredible. You know, and, and I don't have time to get into it, but you can go off into these cross-references. Uh, Jesus actually said in the New Testament, with the finger of God, I cast out devils. That's right. Wow. So it's kind of like, you know, once you get into Torah and the teachings and instructions, uh, it's like a form of deliverance. Once you become more obedient and you change your habits and different things, demons just leave your life. Familiar spirits leave your life. Why? Because you're replacing it with obedience. That'll preach. Nobody's got to put oil on you or pray for you. Just change your habits. Amen. That's why church is so important and spiritual exercise. You know, I wanted to go to the gym and, and I, I got up extra early this morning and I was dragging. You know, I oh, was yeah. here. I had a situation happen last night, but boy, I was dragging. So what I did is, you know what? I won't do the treadmill, but I will work out. Yeah. That's, but I pulled that, it off. Listen, men always make that decision. If it's the weights or the I cardio, got, I gotta do it. You gotta cut I one got, of them. I gotta do the weights. Cut the cardio. The yeah. weights was good. I ah, got pumped up. I pumped you. I up. want to pump you up. <laughs> now check this out. Speaking of getting pumped up, Joshua was the minister to Moses. Now think about Joshua. He's a guy that was in Egypt. He's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna be in the wilderness for forty years. Right. But he goes into the promised land. Amen. So for those that are listening, that's you. Say that's me. That's me. That's me. I was in the world. Me. I'm on this journey, but I'm going into the promised land. Amen. So before going up the mount, Moses put Aaron and her in charge. Okay. Once again, delegation. Moses put Aaron and her in charge before going up the mount. So that's good delegation. You know, while the pastor's away, the sheep will play. Mm-hmm. Uh, now for six days, the glory of God covered Mount Sinai. For six days, the glory of God covered Mount Sinai. And on the seventh day, the glory of the Lord abode. And what happens? In closing here, Exodus 24, 18, Ryan, read that. 24, Last eight. verse of Mishpatim ordinances. Check it out, 24, 18. It says, And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. Wow, check that out. So he's going up to get the tablets and uh, he produced the tablets God wrote on them and he was responsible for bringing them back and uh, and so that's interesting so in closing here what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion Mishpatim ordinances Exodus chapter 21 verse 1 all the way through chapter 24 and verse 18 Ryan what do you have for me what two lessons can be learned well the first one that I got was that Yeshua elevates the law um, he takes it to a higher level. He says that those who know it are more accountable to it. And so I praise God for that. Uh, and then the second one that I got was that uh, betrothal is better than dating. No date, just be betrothed. Better idea. Wow, that's really good. You know, uh, one of the things I, I would just like to point out, just, just one, not two, but just one, is the fact that, you know, uh, the Torah is is full of principles Mm -hmm. so as you get into these scriptures if you get into things find the principle and discuss it like that yeah because that's really good and and by the way you know don't be afraid of commentary commentary is okay go check it out check out some of the jewish commentary you know the humash uh, C-H-U-M-A-S-H has commentary. There's yeah. Hebrew on the right and English on the left, and there's, there's commentary. But dig into some of this commentary. And uh, also there's a actually a website, a Jewish Orthodox website called Aleph Beta. Yeah. A-L-E-P-H, right? Or is it F? Aleph Beta? No, A-L-E-P-H. Uh, Aleph Beta. And they got these little cartoons, these little video clips for free that you can watch about the Torah portions. And it, it gives you a little more uh, insight, a little more insight in that. So so uh, in closing here, be encouraged. 
once again, think about the principles, you know, talk about it, invite the Lord in, into the conversation, because we are living in lawless times and days. Uh, look at all the road rage. Look at how people are treating one another on the road and how people are even driving. It's just, it's just crazy. Uh, I try not to be on the road, uh, you know, as little as possible, but I see it out there. And, and it, it's bad, you know, but what is, what's happening? You know, the lawless one is coming. Yes. The son of perdition is coming. Mark my words. He is coming. And I believe that we will know who he is and we will see him. And we will continue to be his children, God's children, the righteous ones. And we will continue to shine a light. So love all of you. Just, I'm so excited to see all the different countries that are listening. You know, Gibraltar, little shout out to you. You know, the southern tip of Spain, you know. Uh, Ryan and I talked about going on a speaking tour, but God had, would have to orchestrate it. But that would be the, the coolest thing. You Wouldn't know? it? Maybe we could get like a cruise ship, you know, once the coronavirus goes away. We just need somebody that's listening that has a private jet to work that out for us. Well, just take us that, around. You know, you know? We just go on a cruise to the Mediterranean or whatever it is. Oh, I mean, whatever it takes, sure. But for those of you that are listening around the world, man, we love you. I pray for you. I, I really encourage you to, to keep doing what you're doing and, and be encouraged. You know, we're, we're all in this together, and he's writing tour on your mind and your heart, and you can't deny it. Praise it's, God. Enjoy it for yourself. It's special. Enjoy it for yourself. My wife and I talk about it all the time, how, how special we are to have this and to share it and to do it with one another. Amen. So, so be blessed. Yeah, no, Pastor Nick is right. It's a gift. Even the faith that we have to believe on Yeshua is a gift from God. Um, and it says that no one can say Jesus is Lord, right, uh, except by the Holy Spirit. And so we're just very thankful for, for that gift of the Holy Spirit that God has, uh, has given us. And so, awesome. All right, well, reach out to me. My, uh, my email address is ryan, R-Y-A-N, ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Um, you can reach me there. I can also get messages to Pastor Nick that way. Uh, if you need any resources or anything, you can email me there, prayer, anything. Anything you need, email me. Ryan at twopraise.net. You can also call the office at 813-654-2222. And, uh, and then also, please, if you are not already and you don't have a church home where you're going on Sabbath, then uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is our service. Uh, if you're here locally, uh, go ahead and come. We'd love to meet you in person. If, uh, if you are not local, then uh, you can live stream our services online, either through YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and all the like. So uh, love you guys. God bless you. Have a great week.